1: is your organization a talent magnet is your culture the envy of the business market top organizations need top leaders make sure that you are that leader this show will ensure that you are welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey.
2: Welcome. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thank you for joining me again this week. I've just had so many great listeners for the show. I'm I'm just uh, so appreciative and thankful for all of you who write in and uh, who have comments and questions and uh, listen and then re-listen to the show and tweet it. Very thankful for that kind of recognition. It's very exciting. So this week, one of the things that came up and... Is I'm doing a lot of work around organizational culture, as you probably know, and I've got a new book that's that we're in the process of uh, working on. And one of the things that came across my desk, I, I met Denise Lee yan oh, a little over a year ago at a uh, author summit that was being conducted by um, Soundview uh, Executive Summaries, and it was a great event, and we met some really phenomenal people. And Denise was just like a shining star there. And it made me realize how important in today's world where everybody is competing for time, compete, competing for market share, and how important brand really is, not only to you as a, as a, as a company uh, and to, to an organization to really make sure you're getting the loyalty that, that your brand deserves and that your customers want, but also that you're building the culture inside your organization that creates that wonderful brand experience. I had a a gentleman on from uh, Hampton Inns, and really what he was saying, he was the chief culture officer, and what he was saying was what really made the difference was the culture inside because, in fact, Hampton Inns can be just like any other commodity. And what makes that brand really great is what people do inside to go above and beyond for their customers. It's kind of that inside-out, outside-in view, really taking seriously what the customer requirements are and building that into the values and the fabric of your organization. So I'm excited to have Denise Lee Yan. Denise an author of several books, most recently, um, Extraordinary Experiences, What Great Brands Do, She's come up with the seven, seven brand building principles that separate the best from the rest. She's been interviewed on, on numerous uh, syndicated networks, um, often quoted and, and written about. She's a, a, a world-class speaker. And so, welcome, Denise.
3: Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me on your show.
2: Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm glad we could make the, the time slots work. So, Denise, talk to my audience about what got you into the concept of brand in the first place. Why is this your passion?
3: Well, I do. It is my passion. I do love brands. You know, I love thinking about them. I love interacting with them as a as a consumer or customer. And I also have just been studying them for a long time. And I've actually found that there are a lot of other people like me out there. You know, we, we all like to talk about our favorite brands and what they've been doing that's been really cool. Um, but I think that there's also been a lot of misperceptions of how you actually get to a great brand. And so through my work as well as through my research, I've really tried to demystify that process and really kind of pull back the curtain on, okay, if you want to have a great brand like all the ones that we admire and we love talking about, how do you actually do that? Yeah. So what do
2: you think, you know, uh, I had uh, Dave Ulrich, I think you probably know who Dave is, um, Mm -hmm. professor from um, University of Michigan and blah, blah, I've written a lot of books, but he was talking about So interesting about Amazon. And he was saying that really Amazon lives up to its customer promise and its brand, Uh, though there's been a lot of controversy about Amazon in terms of its organizational culture. Do you have any perspective on them?
3: I do, you know, and in fact, I had written an article about Amazon's culture. So I guess it was a few months ago when um, there was kind of like an expose that had come out about what it was like right. to work at Amazon and very much right. like this cutthroat culture, and and you know, and I think people gave um, gave the company a lot of slack for having that kind of culture, but I actually my point of view was actually somewhat different, you know, I think that companies need to have distinctive cultures and, and, and if they want to build a distinctive brands, you know, if you want to be known for something as a brand, then the, everything that you do, including the way you operate inside your company, needs to reflect that. And so, Amazon is a very, you know, performance-driven, efficient, company which means that from a brand standpoint we as customers get all the value and the benefits of that but that also means that the people who work there need to have that same kind of performance mindset so i actually thought you know hey the amazon culture is probably not for everyone but if it works for them and enables them to do what they do as a brand then more power to them Yeah, I
2: I think some of the uh, language that was used about them is that that they were the hunger games of uh, corporate America, which I thought was a little harsh, actually. But, you know, as David and I were talking about them, in reality, you're right. They're, they're, uh, you know, they deliver, they promise on time delivery. You order, you'll get whatever it is you ask for with when it is that the company says that they're going to deliver it. And that's what they're known for. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know when you take that and you build that into the culture it can seem very performance driven which not is which which may not fit for everybody so they they hire a, a certain type of individual that thrives in that kind of organization I, I think it's kind of interesting so tell me why uh why is having a compelling brand so important today why is it something it's you know it's just gotten into the language of business, I'd say, in the last, really, 15 years. and
3: wh- Why is it so important now? Right. Well, um, I'll, give you, I'll give you three reasons, okay? The first is just that we, are, we, as business people, are constantly competing for people's attention. I think there was a uh, Wall Street Journal article that came out a couple of years ago that said the average um, attention span of an American is now down to eight or nine seconds. And so wow. if we want to actually get someone's attention, you know, much less have them consider buying from us and then consider becoming a loyal customer of us, we need to make sure that we stand for something clearly and that we really um, resonate with certain customers. And so having a strong brand enables you to cut through that clutter and make that connection. So that's the number one reason, I would say, why a brand is so compelling uh, so important, having a compelling brand is so important in today's environment. Um, secondly, you know there's um, there's a kind of a, a commoditization or, or lack of differentiation that has that um, has uh, developed in most categories. you know, if you think about it, most products, most services are really not all that different anymore. Right. Um, but but brands can actually bring some differentiation in terms of your personality or the values that, that you espouse as a brand, um, you know, kind of your broader vision or what you're trying you know, the impact you're trying to make in the world. And so you're able to differentiate and um Stand above your competitors and actually, in in many cases, actually charge more for your products and services because research has shown that people are willing to pay more for products and services from brands that they admire. So just having that strong brand gives you that that competitive edge. And and then finally, I think that, you know... um, The way that I work with my clients to use their brands is very much as a management tool. So it's not just an external message that you're promoting, but it's actually an internal management tool that you use to help guide your decision making about what to do, what not to do, what kinds of people to hire, um, what kind of culture you're cultivating, um, what kinds of partners you want to do business with, and so your brand actually um, becomes a very valuable management tool that helps you keep your your business focused, keep your business on track, um, and and aligns everyone who works on your business with one, one common vision. So there is this great internal value to having a strong brand that I think is important now more than ever um, in today's competitive context as well.
2: Yeah, I, I can see the relationship here uh, of brand. I mean, it, it inculcates everything within the organization. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's really interesting if you're trying to attract the best and the brightest. And if you don't have a, a compelling brand, that's going to be very difficult to do. Absolutely, you know, both, both
3: customer—I say customers and employees both want to know about the companies that they're going to do business with, either to buy from or to work for, and so your brand actually helps um, inform them and it can actually can help create a connection with both groups.
2: Yeah, very, very, very fascinating. So, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, Denise, that got you into this in the first place.
3: Right. Uh, Well, I I I am currently an independent consultant, speaker, and writer. Meaning that I do my own work, both um, with consulting with clients, as well as doing speaking engagements, and then quite a bit of writing, um, both books as well as um, regular contributorships to like the Harvard Business Review, et cetera. But before that, my last corporate job was with Sony. Uh, the electronics manufacturer. Oh, interesting! I was heading that. Yeah, I was that brand and strategy, and a lot of the tools and methods and principles that I learned at Sony, I actually now apply in the work that I do with my clients. Um, and then before Sony, I'd worked in advertising agencies and several co- corporate side positions. So I really um, got a lot of experience working with lots of different brands and I'm able to apply that in what I write about what I talk about and what how I help my clients now
2: yeah and and you know brand is really different from marketing isn't it
3: yeah, absolutely. You know, the marketing is an element of brand building and uh, in many ways, the way that you express your brand to the outside world is through your marketing efforts. But, but as I said, you know, your brand should be impacting everything that you do from product development and innovation strategy to um, how you uh, engage your salespeople and train them and then how they sell your products. Um, yeah to the design of your product, to sort everything that you do, uh, if you put your brand at the center of your organization and allow it to drive, align, and guide everything you do, you, you build this very powerful, valuable, sustainable brand.
2: I love that. So stay with us. Uh, we're at break. I'm talking to Denise Lee Yan, a leading expert in building powerful brands and organizations. and. Stay with us for our next segment where she's going to be explaining exactly what the seven secrets to creating a compelling brand are.
4: Comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com.
4: Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, for our special series on Game Changing HR Leaders. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Game Changing HR Leaders, presented by SAP and America's SAP Users Group. From The boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: You are tuned in to I lead the leadership connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 472 5790. That's 1 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection.
2: Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey. And on my show today is Denise Lee Yan, a leading expert. Uh, recognized, world recognized expert in brand building. Some of the top Fortune 100 companies leverage Denise in their organizations to help them really build compelling brands, which is much more complicated than just marketing. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They go out and they come up with these great marketing slogans, which is wonderful, but if people don't experience those slogans when they get into the company, either as an employee or as a customer, they become moot. So, Denise, tell me, what are some of the best brands that you've worked with?
3: Well, gosh, there are so many out there. And, you know, without being um, too cliche, I mean, I think we have to recognize that, you know, some of the world's greatest brands are like the Nikes and the Starbucks. Apples of the world, um, a brand that I think really embodies the brand building principles of a great brand. Um, I happen to know them. I haven't worked with them, um, but I would say it's Shake Shack, the burger and hmm. shake chain that started in in New York City and now has over sixty locations around the world. Wow!
2: So why is why are they such a uh, why do you, why did you pick them?
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, we we should try to take some. Subjectivity out of you know what is a great brand you know so I think in terms of qualifications I would say that great brands need to be uh, operating at a higher profit margin than their competitors and uh, and then also generating. Greater sales, and in both cases, Shake Shack is outperforming their competitors and is also growing at a phenomenal rate. Um, and then you, their successful IPO last year. So from a financial performance standpoint, um, Shake Shack, you know, certainly qualifies as a great brand. They're also, uh, I think, also customer esteem or you know, um, the cool factor. People really thinking that you've got a great brand is another qualification of of a great brand and. Uh, certainly, as the lines around the block would attest, you know, people love Shake Shack. And um, they not only love, I think, their, the food at Shake Shack, but also just the experience of going in kind of the social atmosphere and the, the cool vibe and environment. So it's certainly from a customer standpoint, um, they qualify as, um, you know, being a, a great brand. And then getting down to the brand-building principles that I identified that all great brands implement and thrive on, certainly Shake Shack fulfills all of those.
2: So, so let's, um, let's run through those principles yeah.
3: for, for okay. a minute. What, what, what are they? Yes, I'm, there are seven brand-building principles that separate the best brands from the rest, and I'll just go through them quickly just so you kind of give and get an overview. The first is great brands start inside, meaning great brands start brand building by cultivating a strong brand-led culture inside their organization. The second brand building principle is great brands avoid selling products. They know it's far more effective to seduce people and kind of make an emotional connection than to kind of push products on them. The third principle is great brands ignore trends. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but actually, you know, if you follow trends, you end up doing whatever else is doing, whereas great brands actually ignore trends and often challenge them to advance their own cultural movements that everyone else follows. Then action number four of great brands is great brands don't chase customers. Instead of squandering your precious brand equity by chasing after elusive audiences, great brands tend to be very clear about what they stand for and attract people to them instead. Number hmm. five is great brands sweat the small stuff. I mean, sweat the small stuff in the customer experience. All the details of the customer experience are, are intended to, to bring the brand to life. And then coming down the home stretch, number six, great brands commit and stay committed, meaning that they drill down to their core brand aspirations, lock those in, and execute on them relentlessly so that over time they become known for them. And then finally, great brands never have to give back. Now, there's nothing wrong with giving back, but what I've observed is that great brands actually make a positive impact in the actual way that they run their business and the actual products they produce, so they're not having to kind of take with one hand and then give back with the other. So those are the seven brand building principles, and actually what we see is that great brands actually implement all of these actions and all of these principles into a cohesive management approach that puts your brand at the center of your organization.
2: So, can somebody turn their brand around? How hard is that to do, Denise? If if you've, you know, if you've been come, you've become a commodity, and you you know you chased customers, you did some of the things that you said here. Your your brand was not really part of the DNA of your your company. How hard is it to turn that around?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only as hard as you make it. In the sense that it really just takes focus discipline, and patience. So focus, you know, in terms of... You, you, you need to figure out really what you want to stand for and be very, and not try to be all things to all people, but be very clear about this is the value that you create for these core customers and really drill down to that. And then it takes discipline. You need to be able to, to say no to things that distract you from that focus. You need to actually maybe let some people go who are pulling you in the wrong direction or, or um, you know, maybe ask actually discontinuing certain products or certain services um, because they're not aligned with that focus. And then it takes patience. You know, turning around a brand takes time. And as long as you're willing to stick with it, I think you could pretty much resurrect a- a- and turn around any brand. Can you,
2: can you give me an example of a great turnaround brand story?
3: Oh gosh! You know, it's funny. I've been actually thinking quite a bit about this because I do think that the greatest brands know how to recover from failure or turbulent turbulent times. You know, maybe um, uh, I, I would. You talk about Starbucks as kind of like, uh, I think, a fairly well-known turnaround story in the sense that, you know, back in the mid-2000s, they were overexposed, growing too fast, trying to do too many things, and Howard Schultz came back, kind of took back the reins of the company, and, and refocused. And um, to the point I just made, it took them them a long time to get to where they are now, where they are growing, they're growing again and very profitable and really kind of held up as, as, um, you know, a a great brand to admire again. But, you know, a lot of what that turnaround was were these actions I just talked about, you know, starting inside with their culture, um, you know, sweating the small stuff in their customer experience committing to their their brand and, and saying no to things that distracted them from it. So, you know, it's, it's it's a well-known story, but I think that it really aligns well with these brand-building principles I've identified.
2: I think so, too. And the other thing that I would say about Starbucks, which is what I really love, is that they are really a values-driven organization. I mean, Howard Schultz has a, has a strong sense of the kind of company values that he is instilling, and and he sticks by that. You know, when the recession was here, uh, he didn't uh, willy-nilly lay off people like many other places did. I mean, he he stuck by his 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 brand proposition to his workforce, which I thought was pretty yeah. incredible.
3: Yeah, in fact, he talks about how, you know, um, he got pressure to um, discontinue the generous health benefits that his company offered to his employees. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. Because he understood, you know, these employees are delivering this customer experience. And if if they're not happy, our customers aren't going to be happy. So I think you're absolutely right, Linda.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing I I loved, he got widely criticized for that uh, race together. But I thought mm-hmm. it was an extremely uh, bold and courageous uh, position to take. And he stuck
3: by it. I couldn't agree with you more, Linda. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So tell me something, Denise. How does somebody start on the inside? What, what, what are the steps that you coach uh, those companies that you work with uh, yeah. for an inside-out view?
3: Right. Well, if you're just starting out, if you're just a startup, I think um, you need to start with clarifying, you know, what is the purpose of the business? What is kind of that, that reason for being? And what are the core values that you want to be infused in everything that you do? Now, if you are leading an established organization, you want to kind of refocus and, and kind of restart inside. Uh, same thing, you need to focus on your purpose and your values, but you also need to acknowledge that you have an existing workforce that um, with employees that have their, their a certain way of doing things. You already have a culture, and so you want to grow out of that um, or develop the strengths of your existing culture and um, kind of grow out of it and evolve it over time so that you're not... Um, you know, trying to be something that you're not, you know trying to um, espouse certain values or try to you know say that you have a certain culture when you really don't. but it, it all starts with being with um, being very clear about your purpose and your values, and then making sure that everyone in the organization shares one common understanding of those.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing about Amazon is that they're relentless about their customer promises. And uh, so they do everything internally to make sure that they deliver on those promises. And, that, you know, that puts pressure on people at times. So when I don't push products, I, I get that. You know, we've been telling companies for years, you know, stop selling products, you know, and find out what the what the customer really wants. Engage more with the customer. I had a great guy uh, who wrote uh, think like a fan, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. use that process in developing uh, a hockey team. Actually, uh, in, uh, in 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 uh, Great Britain, very successful story. But here's the one that's counterintuitive for me: um, don't chase customers. Can you say more about that?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that um, there's. A, a hesitation among most business people to say who they're for and who they're not for as a business. Because, you know, in in today's, you know, competitive context, you never want to be like turning away customers intentionally, right? I mean, you know, so it, um, I think that there's this kind of natural resistance to try to, to, to be more focused and to be more targeted. But what I found is the greatest brands Um, aren't afraid to make those hard decisions and aren't afraid to to make it clear, you know, this is what we value, this is kind of, you know, who who the kinds of customers who are going to get the most value from us, who are going to appreciate us the most, who are going to appreciate our personality and our character. Um, And, you know, these people were probably not so much for you. Um, For example, um, I worked uh, with a large fast food chain and um, the the primary... Um, drivers of their business were actually kind of young millennial customers who would go to their restaurants late at night, you know, either before or after clubs and, and bar hopping and, and just, you know, eat a lot of food and just have a really great time in their restaurants. And so we wanted to develop a, a strategy and a real positioning that that aimed to please those customers specifically. But then a lot of franchisees were like, well, you know, what about the, 80 year old grandfather that comes to my my restaurant every morning and orders his senior coffee and and donut, you know. What about him? Are we not for him? And you know, I always say, you know what, you're going to serve that customer well. But in terms of our positioning and the customer experience that we design and the kinds of people that we hire in order to serve our guests, we're going to keep our, uh, we're going to set our sights on the more profitable, um, the more the, the segment that's really growing for us as a business. Yeah, great point. All customers, yeah, instead of chasing all customers, trying to be all things to all people, People it never be works. Very clear. Right. Yeah.
2: It, it never, never works. We're going to continue this conversation. We're taking a break. Uh, we're talking to Denise Lee Yan, an expert in branding and building an incredible, memorable brand for your how to be the best from the rest. Uh, Stay with us.
4: America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com.
4: Does your organization lack proper leadership? Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection.
2: Welcome guests and welcome back. Uh, I'm your host and I am Linda Sharkey and I am talking to Denise Lee Yan. Today, we're talking about building incredible, memorable brands and we were just Talking, it, it just struck me. I've worked for companies who actually, uh, you know, push products. Um, don't really try to be all things to all people, and and uh, you know, follow the trends. And they're very confusing organizations. It's very difficult sometimes to understand what is it that we really want to be known for. And I, I think that's a real challenge that you're pointing out, Denise.
3: I, I'm not surprised to hear you say that, Linda, because I think that so many, so many companies try to do so much, you know, yeah. they, they, and it's really about saying no more than saying yes.
2: Yeah, and that's very, very hard to do. So when you say, you know, commit and stay committed, uh, that's very hard for organizations to do. Why, why do you see that as such a difficult step?
3: Well, you know, I do recognize that there are um, pressures to produce short-term results. And yeah. sometimes the easiest way to, to produce a short-term result is to do something that is uh, not, you know, uh, complementary to your core, you know, isn't, isn't strategically on track. Um, and so you know, there's definitely the temptation of that. I think there's also a temptation to, to follow uh, or imitate the successful practices of others. Oh, well, look what they're doing, and we should be doing that instead. But I think that, you know, one of the um, brands that you've been talking quite a bit about today is Amazon, and I think that, yeah. you know, Jeff Bezos talks about how, Yes, we're very aware about, about what competitors do, but we chart our own course, and we don't pay attention to whatever else is doing, and we also take a very long-term view of our business. So, so having that kind of that mindset and that discipline is really important, and Amazon shows that you can do that even if you are a public company. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think they didn't get hurt at all by that negative press, not that, not that I could see. Uh, They're yeah, coming along just fine.
3: <laughs> I think they they attracted a certain kind of investor who knows that in the long term they will produce results.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now you say uh, your last principle was never give back. Um, that
3: seems odd. Can you explain that to me? Sure. Well, actually, it's, um, great brands never have to give back, meaning uh, that you know giving giving back is not necessarily wrong. I mean, it's good. give back but I think that great brands seem to be asking themselves you know why merely do good when we can actually be great and great brands I think take a look at the way that they operate their business as a whole and say is there a way that we can make a positive social impact or a positive environmental impact um, you know positive cultural impact in the way that we do business and not just do like a cause marketing initiative or make a charitable donation or do some philanthropy a good example of this is Patty the outdoor Mm. outfitter, you know, they um, say that their mission is, one one of their missions is to use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. So they actually, you know, have designed their supply chain to be more efficient and to be um, to make less impact on the environment, um, they've actually educated their partners and educated um, retailers on how to do that as well. And so they're actually advocating for a different way of doing business that really makes a big positive difference without, you know, making a donation to, to some green cause. You know, they're yeah. actually is um, the very core of what they're doing. Creating value for everyone who's involved in their business.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of like doing good as part of your core, you know, and, and, yeah. and providing back to people as part of just your organization, not just that donation or the foundation gives. I mean, we used to give off uh, uh, HP computers to to Africa and do, do stuff like that <laughs> rather than make it part of it, you know, connecting the world kind of thing. Very right, interesting. Right. So it strikes me that every company that has a great brand has a great leader who has a great brand. So what do you see as the connection between leadership and brand? And what do leaders need to do personally to make sure that they have a great brand?
3: hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do think you're right that most great brands have um, a, a, a a leader or a, a group of leaders who are passionate and committed to, to brand building, and they lead their organizations with authenticity and integrity and focus. Um, you, I, I don't want to give people the impression that um, you know you have to be this big, charismatic um, public figure like a Jeff Bezos or like a, a of Amazon or Howard Schultz of a Starbucks. You don't you don't need to have that kind of personality, but I think you do need to be very clear about what is the what is the purpose and the vision that you have for the organization? You know, what is the legacy that you want to leave as a business, not just as a leader, but really, you know, what is the dent that you want to make in the universe as a company? And then also being very clear about the values that you want to shape your organization, shape your culture, and then you need to live by those values personally. You know, you can tell people that, yes, we're, we want to be um, – uh, a, a, a company that celebrates innovation and risk taking, but if you beat people down every time that they that they try something new and it doesn't work, then you're not really being a values led leader. And so I think that um, you know a, the leader a leader's responsibility is first and foremost to be the champion for purpose and values and and and, and um, this focus on your brand from the inside and the out, and then, um, you know, all the rest of your management approach aligns with that.
2: Yeah, and it also strikes me that you cannot tolerate having leaders who are not aligned with those values.
3: Yes, you know, I was just talking about this with someone that sometimes you have to make the hard decisions to let people go. They might be high performers, they might be very capable, they might be very experienced, but if they aren't, they don't share your understanding of the business and your brand, then they really can pull you off track. Yeah. Well, you know, as
2: I'm listening to you, uh, one of the things, I said this earlier, that's so important to me is really having values-driven leadership that's really, really clear about the values that the leader and the organization want to be known for. And it strikes me that this is a core underpinning
3: of your perspective of brand, Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think that there's this, this intersection of brand and values and culture. They're kind of all almost one and the same, really. You know, I think the brands that succeed are the ones that have that integrity, that they are the same on the inside as they are on the outside, and their values are what informs everything they do.
2: Yeah, very important. So how does a leader begin to understand the brand that he or she uh, is embodying? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, you know, certainly there, the, you, there's assessments that you can use. There's actually a great assessment. I use my clients just 10 questions. that you really get a sense for you know, how strong is your brand and how engaged are people with it and if you're delivering and expressing it with integrity. Uh, you know, but I think that you also need to just be um, really uh, focused on your customers. And what is the value you really want to create with your for your customers? Um and what is the thing what is the unique thing that you can do for your customers that no one else can do and then build your brand around that.
2: Yeah, you know, when I think about that, I think about, you know, I, I told you about the Hampton Inns, and you know, they think about Hamptonality. Well, you know, let's face it, they, you know, what what makes them apart is because they take the time to understand what's going on for the customer. And their travel experience. And they will do things uh, from the housekeepers right to the front desk manager that recognize what somebody may need who's just missed four planes and is finally coming to your hotel at, uh, you know, 1030 at night. Yeah.
3: And going out and getting a hamburger
2: and having it there in the room because they know this person loves that hamburger.
3: Yeah, and absolutely. And so the, the leader's responsibility is to, bring, to make sure those insights are shared throughout the organization and then design the organizations so they can deliver those kinds of things to their customers.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, we're coming up on another break, Denise, but um, in, in a few minutes. But I think there's a question that came in from the uh, field that was emailed in. And the person is asking, where would I start? In uh, You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a legacy company, and where would I start? What advice would you have in helping me start and us start as an organization to reshape our culture? So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about that and okay. three pieces of advice that, that, uh, that you would have. Do you think, just quickly before we go on break, do you think that um, – Leaders can reshape themselves. Uh, If they have a toxic brand, do you think that they're able to turn that around?
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. Again, I mean, you know, it will take time and courage, but absolutely, yes.
2: Sometimes I wonder if they can do it in the same organization that they're in.
3: Mm. Yeah, you know, um, I think if you do it with authenticity and you're very clear about the mistakes you've made, yeah, you know, that engenders a lot of trust. It does. I agree and, with you. Yeah.
2: I agree with you. You have to own up, though. You have to own up and yeah. you have to, you know, you have to apologize. What my good friend Marshall Goldsmith says all the time, you know, you've got to apologize for what you did and then you've got to behave differently and be consistent around that. So it's really important. Yeah. Okay, we're at break. Uh, we have a question that came in from the field. How do you get started? We're going to be talking about that when we come back from break.
4: business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
1: dr linda sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success do you want to put the wow in your talent practices how about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com.
4: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, you shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's one 472 5790 Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection.
2: Welcome back. I have with me today uh, Denise Lee Yan, an outstanding expert in the area of branding. And Denise has just done a great job in laying out what seem to be simple seven principles around branding that in reality are probably a whole lot harder uh, to do. Uh, because it requires discipline and clarity which is always tough but we have a question in from uh, that was emailed in and it's from somebody who's in a legacy company Um, and they're looking for some advice on three pieces of advice that they could take to with their leadership team to reshape the brand that they currently have. And I know that's not a lot of information. They don't want to give the name of their company. Yeah. But what, what what thoughts do you have for them, Denise?
3: Yeah, well, three things. Um, you know, the first is that I think you need to help everyone understand that the brand is everyone's responsibility, not just the marketing and advertising uh, departments, but it's really you know, from the top down all the way to the frontline employees. And there's a tool that I use with my clients. It's called a Brand Touchpoint Wheel. And it's a, it's a visualization that just shows all the different ways that people from the outside world can come into contact with your brand and then the internal groups that impact those touch points. And when you use a wheel like that or any kind of visualization around your touch points, people, start, people in your organization start realizing that they have a lot of influence on how their brand is perceived, and that it isn't just a marketing and advertising thing. So I think you know, the first thing is to, to get everyone in the organization to understand brand is everyone's responsibility, and you do that through using a tool like a brand touch point wheel. The second is actually the first principle in my book, Great right? Brands, Start Inside, making sure that you have that strong brand-led culture. So we're talking a lot about um, ensuring that you have clear purpose and values. And, and so rather than looking at brand building as, oh, we need to have a new marketing campaign or, you know, we need to refresh our logo, start with your purpose and values and make sure that those are clearly articulated and that everyone understands how to interpret and reinforce them in their daily decisions and behaviors. So that's number two, start inside with your purpose and values. And then three, and, and this is, you know, not just, in, uh, it, it sound, good, it's going to sound easier um, than it is, but it's really to use your brand as a filter for everything you do every decision that every employee makes should kind of go through that filter of, is this on brand or is this off? Does this convey the values and attributes that we want to be known for or not? Am I working with someone in a way that really supports our brand or not? And I think that the more you can get everyone centered and aligned with your brand, I think the more effective you operate as an organization and the more powerful you actually build your brand.
2: Those are three great pieces of advice I, I i love that so tell me something denise how do t- t- tell me about your most recent book that's out um i'm just trying to look and see yeah, what oh very extraordinary very experiences yeah and how do people yeah. get a hold of you tell me about the recent book and how do people get a hold of you and how do they get you to come in and consult with their organization and speak
3: Sure, sure, okay. So Extraordinary Experiences, What Great Retail and Restaurant Brands Do is a, um, a shorter ebook, around 60 pages, that really focuses on brick and mortar experiences and how great brands thrive in those environments. And um, you can get that book on Amazon as well as my first book, What Great Brands Do, The Seven Brand Building Principles That Separate the Best from the Rest. Both of those include case studies, tools, examples, everything you need practically to get started building a great brand. But if you want one-on-one or, or, um, or consulting or speaking from me, go to my website, deniselyon.com, or engage with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is DeniseLeon. I love hearing from people and answering questions and, and, and helping people, so definitely reach out to me
2: that's great i uh i love your website i think it's absolutely terrific denise thank you so much for for joining the show i think it was just invaluable information that you offered to everyone today and i really appreciate you taking the time to be part of it
3: thanks to you i really enjoyed
2: it good i'm, I'm glad you did so uh, many of you know that um my colleague Morag Barrett and myself are uh, in the process of working on what I think is a really exciting work, uh, book, a uh, new book, and and, and framework. And uh, we're going to be having on the show, not next week, but the week after, um, Jean Lee from PricewaterhouseCoopers. And why I'm excited to have Jean Lee is uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers sponsored the show for for a good period of time. And she's a principal in the leadership and change practice and also on their team of the workplace of the future and the future of work. She'll be coming back from a uh, wonderful conference that they were having. I just wasn't able to swing it myself to get over there, but in Paris, uh, talking about what are the things that companies are going to need to consider. So I think this is going to be a very excellent precursor of what any company is going to need to do and to consider in order to be successful in this 21st century. One of which is to really understand your brand and build a great great brand, as Denise was saying, and not just have a wonderful slogan, but having a wonderful brand that people can really feel and experience. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. It should be a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, I've always been a person that has valued... Uh, positive perspectives. Uh, it's it's good to have a negative view of things. It's good to have a contrarian view, but having a sense of optimism is something I think that really energizes people and brings people forward. So next week, I have CEO Sean Murphy, CEO of Switch and Shift, and we'll be discussing how to create a positive workplace where everyone loves to come to work every day. Sort of makes me think of... Um, Uh, Richard Sheridan from Menlo Innovations, where he just wrote Joy, Inc., and where people really do have a sense of joy coming to work every day. So I think that those are going to be a couple of really great uh, shows and great opportunities for all of you to uh, be thinking about things that you may want to build into your own organization. And I also want to say that Morag and I are speaking around the world on uh, what we're calling future-proofing your organization. Um, And we do have a lens through which you need to look at your organization and begin to see, are you running on legacy processes and systems, legacy beliefs, or are you really thinking about the future in a positive, optimistic way? And are you really organizing your business in a way that is prepared for the future of work. So I think these are going to be great uh, discussions coming forward, and I'm very much looking forward to them. So if you have any questions or issues that you'd like to send, please continue to tweet me, to email me. Like Denise, I love helping other people uh, move forward in what they're trying to pursue My deep in my heart, what I'm all about is helping others live their dreams and you live your dreams by creating great organizations where everyone can thrive and where leaders are people who excite and energize others. So that's what we're going to be talking about for this next month. I hope you'll join me and thanks again, everyone who's been listening to my show and helping me and us make this a great success. Have a wonderful evening. Thank
1: you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.